now we're talking about how I keep my motivation high. It's because I'm looking um, for jobs aside the airline business where I can build up flying skills. For me personally, this is the most important thing in my life. So I'm fulfilled in my flying career. I know everyone is different and some people, they would uh, be like, hey, you guys are crazy. You're flying a 747 and still you, you're looking for something cooler. But that's yeah. how I am. I'm talking to Bernie Deal today. He's an airline pilot at Lufthansa and also an aerobatics pilot. Bernie, so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Thanks for having me, Petra. It's a pleasure. Yeah. I discovered you on, on Instagram and you have the most amazing pictures. Um, <laughs> and, and of course, you have a job with the best view. The office with the That's best That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's always sunny up there. Yeah. Yeah. And, but Bernie, I'm so intrigued um, about, uh, you know, people who have an interest in aviation, who work in aviation, and uh, I would love to hear your story. So um, if you mm -hmm. could, if we could start by the question that I always ask, where did the love for aviation start? Yeah, um, I was asking this question myself a lot. I think... Um, my father's best friend, he had a big influence on my uh, career. He was a, a fighter pilot for the U.S. Air Force. Um, and my father and him, they they met each other in the 70s. Um, and my father's best friend, his name is Ken. He was flying F-4 Phantoms in Vietnam War and had a quite a interesting history and Every time I met him, which was almost every year, he told me stories and showed me airplanes. We went to air bases together in the United States. He let me fly simulators when I was a teenager, stuff like that. So this was probably my biggest influence uh, getting into aviation then. Uh, another point is I grew up quite close to Frankfurt Airport, uh, which is one of the biggest airports in Europe. So Every day when we had easterly winds, I saw planes uh, flying over my, my house, big planes. So I yeah. think this was also something which kept me interested. And then when I was 13 years old, I asked my dad to uh, drive me to the airfield uh, at my hometown, Mainz, um, which is around 30 kilometers away from Frankfurt International Airport. So he drove me there and I got hooked up uh, flying gliders at the age of 13. Yeah. Really? And that's so how young. it all started. But mm -hmm. that's very yeah. young, 13 to fly gliders. Yeah. You can start flying uh, at the age of 13. And then I think the license um, I was able to get when I was 17 years old, I am, I'm actually not sure how it is nowadays, but Back then, it was I wasn't allowed to drive a car in Germany, but I was allowed to fly gliders. So when I was 17, I asked my parents to drive me to the airfield, and then I could oh, then, take them with me up in the air. It uh, doesn't make sense, I, but it's a law. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this I've yeah. heard before also, you know, that you can actually yeah. fly before you have your driver's license. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now... Um, 
flying uh, the gliders did you uh, there must be something with height you know do, do you have to have you don't have to um, be afraid of heights because you are sort of open it's not as if you're confined in in um in an aircraft um well gliders are still pretty close you know you have this oh, okay. uh, bubble canopy you have this bubble canopy you're surrounded by Oh, okay. So it's mm. it's kind of the same like in uh, light airplanes, yeah. The the biggest difference, of course, is you don't have an engine, so you have to plan ahead a lot more because there's no uh, thrust uh, that can uh, bring you out of dangerous oh, situations. Yeah. So um, you always have to know where there where is a place where I can land. It doesn't have to be an airfield all the time. You can also land on on open fields, um, which is quite common when you don't make it home to airfields, but it's a lot more pre-planning. And I think it's a, it's a very, very, very good, uh, start into aviation. Yeah. And at the age of 13, there's no other possibility to, to, uh, be a pilot. It's only possible to fly gliders at that age. So do you think that it's something like doing that now, that it also helped while when you were learning to fly, when you were actually learning to fly a plane? 100 percent, yeah. Um, it's it's um, all the all the good pilots that I know, uh, like very good aerobatic pilots or formation pilots, like 99% of them, they started flying gliders when they were young. It's probably the, the best foundation in flying. And um, really? I think to become good in something, it always helps to start when you're young and when you're open-minded. And as I said, uh, at the age of 13, there's only one way to get into aviation. It's flying gliders or maybe also flying model planes. A lot of people are starting to do that as well. And this also helps okay. being a pilot later on. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, uh, probably with the gliders, you're also very aware of the wind. Exactly, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're, um, you're very um, affected by nature a lot more than flying engine-driven planes. It's uh, wind and thermals and... Um, the whole meteorological uh, issue uh, is a bigger in flying gliders than than in other kinds of, of flying. Yeah. Wow. Now, yeah. how did how did your um, path go? Because if uh, when you finished school, did you immediately then apply for a flying school? Mm -hmm. How does it yeah. work? So I had this glider license. I also did my uh, motor gliders license back at my home airfield as well. So this was the second step and license I, I've gone through. And then when I was finished with school, I applied for Lufthansa um, flight training, uh, which is, um, I think most of, of the people around know Lufthansa, one of the biggest airlines in Europe. And they have this uh, pilot flight academy. And I was very lucky they accepted me. So I went through their training uh, when I was 19 years old. I started it and um, it took place in Bremen, which is northern Germany, and also in Arizona and the United States. And it took oh, me a little more than two years. Mm -hmm. And then I had this um, professional pilot's license, the commercial pilot's license. 
but the the um, when you apply for a flight school, for example, is what what is the what do you need to, or how do they uh, sort of um, uh, judge you to be to, to be able to do the the course? Because now I'm I assume not everybody can do it. No, unfortunately, not everybody can do it. It's only uh, very few people who uh, get through the assessment. I think when I went through it, it was only three or five percent who were accepted um, after after everything took place. So all in all, it was four days of assessment, uh, which you know they. They check your math ability, your English ability, your physics ability. They they check your psychological uh, abilities, how you work together with other people in a group. Um, yeah, and then, of course, you have to get a medical checkup at the end. Uh, I think it's a pretty standard assessment for an app initial training for, for a flight school. Yeah. And what is the reason that you had to go to Arizona as well? Uh, that was the standard process of uh, okay. Lufthansa flight training. They sent every student pilot to Arizona and they still do. Um, it just has a lot of advantages going there. It's, I think flying is cheaper. There's more oh, space. You don't, you don't have to worry about airspace a lot, um, as much as you have to worry about in Europe. And then also the weather. Um, when we were in Arizona, there's 350 days of good weather. Um, oh, okay. I don't have to. I don't have to tell you how it is in Central Europe. It wouldn't be yeah. possible to do a training yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> maybe in South Africa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's. Um, but also, at two years, then you then you have your commercial license, but then you have to start working or start building up hours so uh from there on what do you immediately start flying uh commercial planes then exactly yeah okay. that's uh, how some airlines do it lufthansa is one of them when you get accepted as a student pilot they pretty much guarantee you to fly an airline jet afterwards yeah Okay. I know things have changed the last years and it's it's become more and more difficult, but I was still lucky. I, I mean, I started uh, going through the training at two, in 2006, which is quite a while ago already. Um, and yeah, I started flying on the Airbus A320 fleet afterwards, flying short wow. and middle range out of Munich first and then later on from Frankfurt, yeah. That must be amazing at, at you know that you that you can then fly because so many pilots sometimes I speak to uh, tell me that they you know it's not always easy to get into an airline to be an airline pilot and that you have to go through all these hours of flying mm -hmm. to build up experience and mm -hmm. so on to to get to that point. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but I still think if you're passionate about it and if you're a patient, if you maybe have a plan B you can do while you're waiting for a good job, I think it's it's still um, a good chance to to uh, get into a good position as a pilot. Yeah. But in your career and, and so for you, like you say, you, you have to have the patience um, 
is it sometimes do you stay motivated is there is there some point in your career that you find that it's difficult because it's not it's not like a normal career where you just uh you know there's a there's a hierarchy in your in your job so you have to be patient you have to fly and and do the go the route that you have to go so do, do you stay motivated in a sense I'm staying motivated because I'm I'm looking for ways to get motivated. Okay. You know, um, flying for a big airline, it's not like you're becoming a captain after three years and you're the you're the the boss. It's it everything takes takes a long while and it can be frustrating for sure. Uh, So in my uh, personal career, it was I was flying the. Airbus uh, short and middle range for almost 10 years, I think nine years and something. And then I um, applied to fly the Boeing 747, which was always my childhood dream, the jumbo jet. And now I'm flying this plane for almost five years already. And um, still, it's a long way um, becoming a captain for me. I'm still a first officer. And I think it at least takes another five, maybe eight years until I become a captain. Mm -hmm. So you have to be patient. And also when I was a teenager and I had this dream of becoming an airline pilot, you know, I, I had this imagination of how it would be to fly big planes and uh, all this, uh, this flying skills you need to build up. And now the reality really looks different. Yeah, flying a long range plane around the world, you don't need that much of flying skills. And now we're talking about how I keep my motivation high. It's because I'm looking um, for jobs aside the airline business where I can build up flying skills. For me personally, this is the most important thing in my life. So I'm fulfilled in my flying career. I know everyone is different and some people, they would uh, be like, Hey, you guys are crazy. You're flying a 747 and still you, you're looking for something cooler, but that's how I am. So I'm, I'm flying aerobatics for more than 10 years now. I'm in the national team flying in the highest uh, aerobatic class. This is something I need personally to be fulfilled in flying career. Yeah. Yeah, I saw on your Instagram, amazing what you do. And uh, (laughs) I mean, that I just, I can't get my head around because you have to be so um, fearless to do that. Uh, I wouldn't say fearless. Oh, really? (laughs) I would say you need to be focused and you need to have a plan. It doesn't work without having a plan without doing proper briefings, especially when you're flying together with other planes, it's, uh, it's crucial that you um, take it up to a professional level. Otherwise, it's going to be dangerous. Yeah. But the two, the two different things, I mean, the one is airline pilot. So there's, there you have passengers and you have to think about that, that as well. You have a big responsibility. But also with the aerobatics, do you think the two the two different ways of flying sort of uh, help each other or is is there some way you can see that the one the one thing um, brings something to the other yeah um, 
it does. I mean, I went through this professional education, through this training, which um, sets your mind to a, to a certain standard of airline flying. And it's, it's a professional way of thinking, how to prepare for a flight, how to think ahead when you're in a plane. It definitely helps a lot flying smaller planes as well. Really? And then on the other hand side, um, flying aerobatic planes a lot and on a high class, that on the other hand helps me flying the 747 uh, as well too, because um, you don't get a lot of flying training in a 747. For example, this year I only had, I think, five landings on a 747 because on a long range flight, we are mostly three pilots. So when I fly to Singapore and back to Frankfurt, I sometimes go home and I didn't even get a landing because the other two pilots had the landing this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So at, at the end of the month, I'm happy when I get two or three landings in a 747. That's not a lot of uh, experience you, you build up on this plane. So yeah. uh, I have all this flying beside that. It helps a lot building up flying skills and keeping them high. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that, that you don't think about that. But yeah, that's true that you and, and of course, for the, the, the takeoff and landings are probably the the times in an aircraft where you where you are the most focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, beside takeoff and landing, the autopilot does most of the job. Of course, we have to do all the radio communication yeah. and get clearances and there's always something happening on a flight, whether it's a medical issue or a technical issue or a delay you have to um, catch up or whether you have to uh, circumnavigate. There's always something so it doesn't get boring, but um, the flying part is done by the autopilot. But now it, in, uh, with the two different size aircraft or the, the different size aircraft, do you have to sort of orientate yourself again when you're in a little plane or is it the same type of um <laughs> and you know what i mean it's it's the same yeah. type of energy that you that you use inside yeah it's a completely different perspective for sure uh, in a 747 i sit 12 meters higher than in the other plane yeah so sometimes after a longer break which is usually during winter time when uh, weather just doesn't permit flying small planes uh, because it's snowing or raining every day uh, so sometimes i have uh, i have not flown a small plane for six or eight weeks then of course it needs some time until i feel 100 percent comfortable again but uh, during summertime i fly both planes uh, um, more than enough so i don't feel uncomfortable oh okay but now, do you fly historical planes as well? Yeah, I was I was very privileged. I was able to fly the Junkers 52, which was really? owned by uh, Lufthansa. Uh, it's a plane built in the 30s, and uh, it had three radial engines on it. So we did uh, scenic flights with that plane, which was an awesome experience. And this was my my first historic uh, plane that I really got in touch with. Yeah. And after that, I flew some other historical planes and I'm interested in, in doing more in that uh, uh, 
kind of, of flying. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting and it's, it's fascinating what beautiful planes were built uh, yeah. nearly hundred years ago. It's crazy. No? Well, I just, um, I don't know much about planes, but I'm very interested in the Spitfire as well because of the design mm -hmm. of the Spitfire, you know, there's, there's, mm. I'm fascinated yeah. about how it was designed and, and everybody who speaks about the Spitfire and, and tells how easy it is to fly. Um, mm -hmm. And I've I'm also, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's so important that these old aircraft are still flown and that, you know that it's that people still see it because it's part of the history but it's also part of the history of aviation mm -hmm. I, I totally yeah. agree mm -hmm. yeah it's it's um yeah it's part of history and also it's still as good it is good advertisement so yeah. in germany everyone knows this old junkers 52 which is operated yeah. by lufthansa and this is good advertisement for for the airline itself mm -hmm. Yeah. But now, um, what are the wishes for you for the future? I mean, you, you're doing amazing work. I mean, and, and very, um, a variety of things that you're doing, but, but apart from becoming an airline captain, what other wishes do you have? Uh, you know, I have a small family at home, a little girl. I just wish her that she stays healthy and we're always having a good good time together. And uh, flying-wise, I would love to fly more historical planes, but, you know, um, a door will open for me, I'm pretty sure. I don't yeah. know where it will be, but um, I'm, I just keep on what I'm doing, what I love to do, and then uh, other doors will open, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you... you um... Uh, your daughter will uh, does she have an interest in flying already? Can you see something? Uh, she she's forty months old. She doesn't speak. Oh, yet. <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah, but but maybe it it will be fascinating to see if um you know if she sees what you do and and if she also has an interest in that. Yeah, I'm very excited to see how she reacts on all the planes and all the noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has she been in a plane with you already? Yeah, many times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. First okay. time I took her up in the air, she was uh, five months old. Yeah. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, but I yeah. can I can just imagine when she's older, she's going to love it so much. Yeah, um, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't want to push her into something, you know. She yeah. she uh, needs to do what she likes, but yeah, if it's if it's flying, I would support her for sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, Bernie, um what advice do you have for a young guy, a young boy coming up, uh, you know, wanting to be a pilot? Um yeah, if you're passionate about it, don't be afraid going this way. Um nowadays I think you have to be more flexible than 20 years ago in means of where your first job will be, for example. So um, just be realistic. Uh, nowadays, you can't apply as a young uh, boy and say, hey, I want to be a pilot in Frankfurt because this is my hometown. This is not the way it works today, unfortunately. So, But if you're like, okay, I just want to fly 
and uh, want to have a good job and build a family. And I don't care whether the first job is in Frankfurt or in Dubai or in Hong Kong. I think you uh, still have very good chance to have a, have a beautiful career in, in flying. And also um, just be realistic uh, about your imagination. That's what I, what I said a few minutes ago. Yeah. Um, the flying part, it's only just a very, very little part in those modern jet airliners. And if you're, if you're happy doing this, go for it. If, if you really want to fly planes, maybe think about doing a different job, which makes good money and fly small planes only because this is probably more fun for you in this case. Yeah, this is, uh, well, this is good advice because I think during this whole pandemic, uh, people also realized, um, you know, how, how these jobs are, are so, you know, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily that you can fly then. I mean, you guys were also grounded for many, many, many months. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no one would have ever believed, but I was uh, grounded for, uh, 14 months. Yeah. Really, mm. and that unsurety of of what's going to happen, and and you know if the companies will have the jobs, I think that was also very stressful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, many many jobs were affected by this, whether it's uh, restaurants or hotels or the exactly, whole yeah. uh, airline or, or cruise ship industry. So we were not the only ones, and no one would have ever imagined but um yeah let's stay positive i hope this exactly. was the last yeah. pandemic in my, in my working life <laughs> <laughs> yeah but bernie thank you so much for your time thank you so much for telling your story it's um it was really wonderful and and it's amazing to see what your uh your pictures on instagram it's really it sound it looks very adventurous and and amazing mm -hmm. Thank you, Petra. It was a yeah. pleasure. And whenever you're in Vienna, um, whenever you fly to Vienna, which you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let me know. I'll let you know and you fly with me. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> okay. Okay, Bernie. Thank you so much. Thank you, Petra. Thank you. Bye.